I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, Canada's national digital theatre. Each week, we take some of the hottest plays and transform them into contemporary audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome back to Play Me and the launch of Season 2. If you've missed any of our plays from the last season, you can listen to the whole archive by subscribing through iTunes or visiting playmepodcast.com. We are thrilled to launch our first season with the first episode of Iceland by Nicholas Bion, featuring the original cast of Kawa Ada, Claire Cowlin, and Christine Horn. Now for episode one of three of Iceland. No more shouting. It's quiet. I hide in the bathtub, but it's not a good hiding place because the shower drape is clear plastic. You can see right through. The door opens, and I think it's the John coming to get me, but no, it's a woman. His wife? She walked right past me like she doesn't see me. It's hard to not notice someone sitting inside of the bathtub, but she doesn't. Instead, she pulls up her skirt and pulls down underwear and sits on the toilet and urinates. Then she does something very strange. She turns left and makes to grab for some toilet paper, but toilet paper's on the right. When she realized this, she stopped, and she put her head in her hands, and she cries. I think this is a good time to leave, but that's when she looks up, and she sees me. She doesn't say anything. She just stares at me. I notice the woman doesn't wear a ring. The John doesn't either, so maybe she's just girlfriend. She's shaking a little bit. I get up, and that's when she speaks. Who are you? Her voice is calm. This makes me very nervous. No, make me uh, very scared. And it's silly, but ever since I was a little girl, I can't lie when I'm scared. My parents say, we have lied all our life so that you don't have to. Who are you? I'm Cassandra. It's my real name. Matthias say it's dangerous to tell anyone our real name, but as I said, I can't lie when I'm scared. The woman look at me, look at the way I'm dressed. She frowned when she sees that I'm wearing only lingerie. I feel like a little animal caught in a flashlight. I can't move a muscle. Did he hurt you? 
This is not what I expected to say. Make me feel a bit better. I begin to doubt that she's girlfriend. It's not a question that a girlfriend would ask. I shake my head. She says, Is he your boyfriend? No. She nod like somehow this explains everything. She remembers then that she's on the toilet. She look at me and has some... Punastab uh, turned very red. I can't remember the word. Uh, I say, yeah, okay, I leave you. She doesn't look at me or say anything, so I step out of the bathtub and leave. I close the door behind me, and I remember then that my dress is still inside the bathroom. I must wait for the woman to finish before I leave. I turn around. I see the John lying on the floor, and the carpet is stained with blood. At first, I think he's dead, but then I notice there are little bubbles of blood on his lips. He's still breathing, but with much difficulty. I understand now why the woman was shaking. Maybe the John attack her and she defend herself. Or maybe she... I must call for help. I look for my purse. It's stuck under the, um, lower leg, the, uh, calf. Yeah, the calf of the John. My phone is in my purse. It takes a few pulls to get it loose. I take out my phone and press 9 and 1, and then I remember Matthew say I must never call police from my phone. That it could be traced back to me. If I need to call the ambulance, I must use the John's phone. But I do not see his cell phone. And that's when I realize that I'm in big trouble. My fingerprints are everywhere in the apartment. If I call for help, they will have a record of my voice. And they come find me, they will arrest me, and I'm only student visa, so of course they will deport me. Even if I explain what happened, they will not believe me, because... <laughs> my mother, she's a um, history professor. That's why she named me Cassandra, the Greek woman who's cursed by the gods with power to tell the future, but no one ever believed her. Exactly like history professor, Mem says. And I tell her, I can't tell the future, and she says, it's not so hard, just look at the past. She's very proud when I tell her that I want to become a history professor like her. Perhaps a makeup for Yanu, who... Uh... Yanu is my twin brother. He nicknamed me Netud, which means cursed, and I call him Peru, which is Estonian word for fart, so we're fair. We love each other very much, but I know that Yanu is not the brightest boy in the world. When I go back to Estonia last summer, I'm just finished first year of master's at U of T. And one night when I'm back, Yanu comes home and he's beat up. Yeah, He loses three of his teeth and one of his bone here, the eye bone, or orbit bone, is broken. He won't tell us what happened. We take him to the hospital, and they call the police. But Yanu, he refused to say anything about it. I notice that Mem is crying. I have never seen my mother cry, not even after my father died. I take her aside and ask her what is going on. She tells me that Yanu gambles. He spends his nights watching lots of television, and now he thinks he can become world poker champion. 
I don't say this out loud, but to myself I think, but he's such a bad liar. And that not worst part, Mem says. Yenu has borrowed money from the Abchak, the um, Estonian mafia. And they have come to Mem's house about repaying Yenu's debt. Mem say to me, it's not your problem. That I must continue my study and make a life in Canada. But how can I do that? She's my mother. Yanu is my twin brother. My baby brother, because I'm seven minutes older. We were born on the Baltiget. It's in English, the Baltic chain. August 23, 1989, two million people gathered to join hand-in-hand hand from Tallinn to Vilnius, a human chain 600 kilometers long for peaceful support of independence of Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania. How did they organize this without internet? I don't know. And Mem was very pregnant back then. My father did not want her to go, but she yelled at him, I'm a history professor, how do I not go? That's my mother. She's very uh, donkey when she wants to be, yeah? And so they go to be part of the chain how proud they were to be there. And then, her water break. People around her panic. Yeah, they wanted to go to the hospital. But my mother should be like a donkey again and say, I will not break the chain. My children will be born right here. My father tried to reason with her, but she refused to let go of anyone's hand. Doctors called, and a few hours after, me and my brother are born. We make the cover of the Yes, the Express, the first children of the revolution. My mother swears she never let go of anyone's hand on the chain during the whole thing. However, she also say that me and Yanu come out holding hands. This we know is metaphor. And this is why... Why it's hard for me to let gambling debt not be my problem. When uh, Mem and Yanu bring me to the airport, I remember giving hug to Yanu and he say to me, You're so lucky. Kessa, and I say, why? And he says, because you live in a place that believes in meritocracy. <laughs> I laugh because Yanu not use big words like this very often. Mem laughs too, very loud. Yanu turns to her and says, what? And she says, there's no meritocracy in a country that sells lottery tickets. As I hug her goodbye, I promise to send money to help them. Back in Toronto, I go to student services and ask about jobs available. There are a few jobs on campus, and a couple of coffee shops have positions, but when I ask how much I make, I'm sorry, but it does not add up. The math. Maybe if I work full-time, but how can I study if I'm busy 40 hours? No, I must find work that pays better for not as many hours. There are not many jobs like that. One of my roommates tells me that stripping, perhaps, is good. Some places treat girls okay, but they say to me, no, you don't have big enough breasts, maybe if you get a boob job. I work at massage parlor for a little bit. Money is okay, but I work very late hours that affect my study. And one day I work on client, Matthias. Unlike most people, he does not assume that I'm Russian. He begins to talk to me in Estonian. We realize that we're both from the same area and his cousin is a friend of mine. It's a very strange conversation because I'm holding his penis the entire time. Matthias on an escort agency and I begin to work there. 
because we're both Estonian, he protects me and I can choose my own schedule. I work 10 hours a week, make enough to live and send my mother money every month. I tell Larissa bursary, I win for history paper. Of course, I'm ashamed that I lied to my mother, but what else can I do? I came here to teach history. I came here to become a Canadian and marry a good man and raise a family. I work hard. I am a good person. So how did I go from that to standing in strangers' apartment in my underwear with dying men on the floor? You my light to me. If police find me here, I will be deported or worse if they think I do it. But I must help him. Yeah? I must. There are little bubbles on his lips. He is still breathing. What must I do? That was part one of Iceland by Nicholas Bion. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. Iceland was performed by Kawa Ada, Claire Cowlin, and Christine Horn. Visit playmepodcast.com to learn more about our shows, leave a comment, or let us know what you think of our podcast. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley. The associate producer is Pippa Johnstone. This episode was edited by Chris Tolley. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Special thanks to our partners, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, Factory Theatre, Tarragon Theatre, and the Musical Stage Company. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.